were thinking about that revival we had. That had been so many gracious. I don't know about you guys, but I'm old. So about 730, I used to fall in bed about 738. And uh, I go to sleep all the time, but I'm patiently waiting for the book to arrive. But, but it was good. Brother Fred, one thing about Brother Foster is he, he's one of those people that smart for his own good so he says things that are he says things that you almost think you've got but you don't got because he never said them years later did I say them or not I think that's I think I know what he was trying to do right there and you're still not sure and you figure it out and then you're like yes but it makes you think and I like that it makes you reconsider things and that's what I like about about people that challenge your thoughts and uh, I just appreciate that ago a guy at work I was trying to get me a text and uh, I was about to text him and maybe he's on his back calling God father and I was like no I don't say father anymore and, uh, and I was just telling him today that was just another bit of bad religion and, uh, when we started talking about the good old days and I started looking at nostalgia and praying for nostalgia and thinking about the good old days and how much better it was and, and I started thinking about how you know the good old days weren't that good <laughs> there's a lot of persecution going on in the good old days it was hard to find God in the good old the truth about God in the good old days so we're blessed now and uh, and as I was studying that or as I was looking at that and stuff I started going to the Bible because I don't know if you guys realize but every answer every question you have there's an answer in the Bible Every one of them, and I don't—I don't know exactly how. I don't remember exactly how the verse went, but it's in Ecclesiastes seven and ten, I believe. But it's pretty much saying it's not a wise thing to do to think about to think just about the past and going. I remember how good it was in the past. I remember because it because some for some reason it stops you from going to the thinking about the future. And the Bible says don't worry about the future. So there's a middle ground in there. It doesn't say don't think about the future. It says don't worry about the future because worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to have enough worry on its own. But I don't want to get stuck in the past. And I want to put my hope in the future of better things in the future. So there's a balance that we got to have. And uh, the Bible's just so good. So I'm able to answer this guy and talk to this guy. And it's all about, and it's all based on biblical facts. And there's just something so... It's exciting to me to come to a point in my life to where I automatically go looking for something for the answer in the Bible instead of looking online or looking to see what somebody else said about it. It's what does the Word of God say about it? And then as you get mature enough, then you start actually understanding what it does say and what it don't say, and it's just a wonderful thing. So I like people that challenge your brain and stuff, and uh, God's a wonderful God. That book is true, and the, the more time goes on, the more you're going to find out it's true. Or at least the older you get, the more you're going to find out that's a true word of God. So I'm thankful for that tonight. Brother Isaac, I'm going to get ready to take up an offering. So let's all stand. We're going to give God some thanks for being such a good God. Yes. All the blessings he's given us. And we're going to worship him and sing some songs. And Amen. Thank you, Jesus. we got all the band members rearranged, except for <laughs> Jacob. Let's all give God some 
hand clap of praise. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. the glory and the honor. 
Brother Erickson, he's up next. God bless Brother Erickson. Church, oh, it's good to be here. I was hoping y'all would show back up after I was hollering at you anyway. Are you? I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me by not do that very often. <laughs> and I really, I don't. <laughs> uh, just a Bible study tonight, okay? Just kind of sit back, relax. Think with me about the Word of God. Um, I want to talk to you about this topic, and it's, I know it doesn't sound too exciting, but I, but bear with me. I feel like it really is important in our lives today, and that is that God wants us to have a balance in our emotions, a balance in our emotions. And um, I'm reading out of Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 24. If you want to read along with me, it should be here. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That's what the Bible says about this human life and how that this is our part. This is what we do as far as yielding our lives to the Lord, that he could fill us with that newness, with his power, his infilling of the Spirit, and at the same time, we are learning how to uh, take some things out of our life that used to be possibly prevalent or overpowering our life, and now make more room for God to work in our lives. To be stable emotionally is a very important thing today, and I hope I can show that to you tonight. Uh, we talked about the Ten Commandments being blessing, not, not hard on the people of Israel when God brought those out. Uh, but if you think about those Ten Commandments, they were to protect our relationship with God. And the way that we protect our relationship with God is we protect our emotions so that we can praise Him with all of our heart. We can totally consecrate our lives to Him. We can commit our ways to Him. We can obey Him. All, all these different uh, verbs and adjectives have to do with how that we put ourselves under control and, and are able to see God do great things. Every obedience that we have in, in God's Word, every time we obey the Word of God, is just will reveal to us one more emotion that we have learned to have balance in our life and allow God to work in it. And consequently, every disobedience in our life also will stomp on one of your emotions and will, and will hurt you and will affect how that you see things, how you see yourself, how you deal with others, how, you know, hot you are, how quick you get angry. All these things are involved. So let's agree tonight. Emotions 
is part of this whole package God gave us. Uh, you can't separate out emotions and say, well, that's just something man picked up along the way. No, God made us to have emotions. And so we're not talking about something bad tonight. We're just simply talking about what does the Scripture say about keeping ourselves in a, in a state of balance whereby God is able to work and move in our lives. Uh, emotions were meant to be tools in order that you could live for God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They were meant to be tools so that you can touch others, so that you can convey how that you were saved and how that you can assure them that you have faith that God could save them also. All these are from who we are as individuals. The problem is that our emotions, when they become misaligned, when they're out of order in our life, makes it really hard to live for God. When emotions become the main thing instead of tools and helps to our life, then we're in trouble. A person can lose control through their emotions. That's really where it happens, isn't it? When we, when we minister, when we teach truth to others, when we communicate with people about the goodness of God, when we witness, yeah, God wants to use the whole tool chest of your emotions in order to reach them. Because something has got to tell our world today that's not just a dead, dull God in a box over on, on, on Highway 66. That there's something to this that, that is in, that inbred inside of the, of the people that go there. They're faithful and they see God work and move in their lives. Amen. So we use our emotions tonight to carry out every thought, how we validate every act of obedience, how we learn to love has got to be through our emotions. It becomes impossible tonight to separate our emotions from uh, who we really are. To have character and not to have character does not take away emotions. To be good or evil does not take away emo emotions. No, we've got them. We've got them whether we know it or not. <laughs> so it's been said that there are three basic thoughts of, of emotions in someone's life. Very simple. But the first, uh, stoicism, is to control, be under control of our feelings. Um, <clears throat> I just misstated that. Let me, let me just restate that. Forgive me. Um, it, it is uh, when we... Uh, are out of control in that we have no emotions, we're unmoved by grief, we're unable to feel joy or happiness. It shows in the way we face problems. It's easy for us to become isolated, easy for us to become uninvolved with others. We have no interest in anyone else. Cold, unmoving, tears are form of weakness, we, uh, you don't catch me crying. Grieving is nothing more than self-pity. Come on, buck up. And we have to realize tonight that a person that 
becomes like that. Uh, we need to just pray that the Lord is able to touch them and they could have a spiritual renewal. Because, because when we pray and when we worship God, when we hear the preaching of the Word, when we obey the Word, that's full of emotions in our lives. Another way of looking at our emotions is, is when they are unrestrained. I mean, everything is how I feel. I don't want to do that today because I don't feel, well, I mean, there are a lot of people that tell me that they could feel after God, and I, I appreciate that. I just want you to be careful that, that, um, that we aren't overwhelmed by only our feelings. It's what you call being uh, overly sensitive. <laughs> it can't be wrong because it feels so right. This is the viewpoint that often the very foundation for the doctrine of easy believism comes from this overly emotional where they have no control. I mean, everything is, is you know, all about me and how I feel. Mayism is not just an Inca tribe. <laughs> Mayism is a destructive facet in our character. If all I can do is see everything from what is best for me, what makes me happy, what, what accomplishes my, my thoughts and my will. My money, my success, my rights, my freedom, my pleasure, my growth. But here's the idea of what God's command is in Scripture. First is self-sacrifice. That we would learn how to give of ourselves for something and see that other things are greater than my own good. It's the very format and model that Jesus gave us. That he saw the plan of God and he was willing to fulfill the Father's will and purpose in his life, even at the cost of it, destroying his own life. Another one is self-denial. That's what the Bible wants us to be. Deny yourself. Take up my cross and follow me. This is one of those things that we don't like to talk about. It's not fun talking about this, and I'm going to get off this subject as quickly as I can. But we have to deny myself sometimes in order that I could see even better things happen in my life. Amen. How many grandparents know what it means to have self-denial so that your grandkids can have it better? Yeah, you do anything for them. What about the mom who every Thanksgiving would cut, there were six of them, and she'd always cut the pie into five pieces. Oh, I'm too full, honey. I made this for you. Well, I know it's simple, but that's self-denial, isn't it? That's seeing something more important and therefore becoming willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done. And the third thing is the good of others more than ourselves. Those are the three principles in, in Scripture for Christians. Self-sacrifice, self-denial, and Putting others, esteeming others 
higher than myself. The problem with these people that are full of emotion beyond every other concern, they, they find it easy to ignore sin in order that they can concentrate on themselves. They are willing to ignore authority in their life if it gets in the way of what's best for them. They are willing to abandon Scripture, Scriptures that they've learned and loved, in order to fulfill me. You know people, I know people right now today that that really defines I'm not here to throw stones. I'm here to say God wants us to have a balance in our emotions. That's where we're going. If I am willing to elevate my feelings over every other circumstance, situation, and person around me, I am out of control. I, I am not going to be able to be a blessing in God's kingdom. Matter of fact, I'm going to be miserable. Remember, what you don't control in your life ultimately will control you. And so when we bring our emotions under control, <laughs> and don't I know I'm a, pro I'm a professional at this, by the way. I, I understand tonight that there's a better life in God because he wants me to... I'm not talking about taking away your feelings. I'm not talking, I'm not, I again, I, I repeat, emotions were given by God to us. They're good. They're a blessing. Just don't let them become the only thing in your life. And so the third thing, of course, is a balanced emotions. 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 6. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop, then, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given the hospitality, apt or willing to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house. I always thought of that as my us four no more. But I wonder if that doesn't really go right down to me ruling my own house. Having a shield in the subjection with all gravity. For if a man know how to rule his own house, if, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he falls into condemnation of the devil. So, emotions that are out of control tonight are a fast lane to idolatry. What they do is they um, seemingly are the enemy's sleep, slippery slope to encourage you to to go off the deep end, to do things overly so, and ultimately for the things that will do away with your honor of God and will lift up 
things that are important to you. If something doesn't honor God, if something doesn't trust the Lord, then I need to reassess my, my thinking. And I certainly need to reassess what I'm leaning against in my emotions. You see, this kind of thinking destroys the very foundation of the relationship that we can have with God. When I'm taking away my emotions that were meant to give glory and honor to God, we're meant to live life to its fullest in my Christian life. And I divide and subdivide and say, that on Mondays, this is all about Kevin. I'll pick up church again on Wednesday. We are, we are out of balance. He who is controlled by his emotions is in the worst kind of bondage. Because we're, we're, not, we're not reading the facts. We're not seeking to know wisdom. We're not reaching out to God for direction and answers. We are wrapped up tighter than our Christmas gift all around ourselves. So don't let your emotions tonight control you. Um, Jesus is our example. Who for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross, despising the shame, right? Or consider the Garden of Gethsemane. There, the man, Christ Jesus, went to a place that must have been seemingly equally as hard as the death itself to be able to yield to all those who had wrong spirit and were evil men and wicked devices. And yet he willingly laid down his life. Jesus is my example. Watch Jesus control his emotions in that garden. He wept. He hungered. He fasted. He prayed. He was happy and he was sad. He was tired and he was weary. But in all, he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus was in control of his personal feelings in the best and in the worst of conditions. Notice that it didn't affect him, though they came with swords and spears and shields. It didn't affect him, though they came with a, with a vile purpose and motives were wrong. He could maintain his emotions. And that's something to be thought of tonight. Our emotions affect us in three different facets of our life today. The one is our behavior. Uh, because of your emotions, you smile, you scowl, you cry, you clap your hands, you giggle, you jump for joy, you laugh, and all, all many, many more on that list of things that we do as human beings. And to think that each of these are a learned response. We, we did them because of the way we feel. The second part of our emotions is the psychological. That's, that's where things happen to us in our body. We have increased blood pressure. 
our heartbeat raises way high. We get goosebumps. Oh, do you feel that? We get butterflies. Oh, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> now I got to get up in front of people. No. We can hide these responses that are psychological, that are within us. But th what we need to realize tonight is that everybody has those same reactions. Now, greater and smaller maybe, but we all have goosebumps. We all have heartburn. We all have heartbeat rates that go higher. We all turn red in one form or another. Sometimes it's embarrassment and sometimes it's rage, right? Anybody relate to this or no? Am I just talking about myself up here or what? <laughs> ah, don't be shoving off on somebody else. <coughs> no, we can hide those responses, but, but yet they still are just as real as can be. We, we have things that happen to us because of our emotions. But the third part is, the, is this part that's in our consciousness. We... What we, what we reveal to others, that's the interesting part about our emotions. I think that's what God is interested in, too. Our anger, our jealousy, our contentment, our calmness, our ease, our shame, our disgust, our excitement. These emotions are the ones that we need to give to the Lord tonight this part of our emotions. Can't take them away. Not asking you to do away with your emotions. Asking you to bring them into balance tonight. Romans 14 and 17 is a good verse. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God wants us to have and use your emotions tonight and enjoy God's company in your life. We know Galatians 5, 22 and 23, I'll read it one more time. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Don't ever think that your emotions are second class, something that you should suppress. Again, thank God that God has given you emotions to be able to live life to its fullest, to be able to know God in his greatest awareness in our lives is to know God with our emotions. To love someone, oh, don't take away my emotion, my feelings, because I want to love them with, at my very best. I want to do my all to give them my very best. Your emotions are important to God. They are God-given, and through faith and relationship, we offer correct emotions back to God. Ephesians 4 and 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. God didn't take away your emotions. He, he gave you a whole new toolkit when he gave you and made you the new man. All those former feelings of rage and anger and shame and guilt and all those feelings that were 
made up from a sinful nature, a wrong life absent of God. Now he makes me a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I have the full treasure chest again that I can live my life to its fullest for God. Colossians 3 and 10. And I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So some might say tonight, well, I have a duty to myself. And my answer to you is absolutely untrue. Let me, let me prove this to you within the Word of God. For the day that you are only investing in yourself, you become something that shrivels up and dies. Because we're going to find out tonight that our fulfillment is by what I invest and give and my emotions and others. No, the truth is I have a duty to others, and that's where my fruitfulness is going to come in my life tonight. One man said this. He said, commitment is the thing that keeps me on the altar. In other words, I'd like to get off that altar sometimes. I've died enough. But it's my commitment to others, to the kingdom of God, to what I want to see God do in our community that says, don't you dare get off that altar. You see, without commitment tonight, our emotions continually are changing, they're unstable. But commitment is the thing that will actually bind up and I could be that whole Christian man I should be tonight. Do I have problems? Absolutely. Do I do things wrong? I'm afraid I do. I'm in this process of learning until the day I kick the bucket. <laughs> wrong thinking always believes that my fulfillment is where I find my freedom. But when I use my emotions to be fulfill God's kingdom, I will see things come to pass in my life. It's like I receive God's blessing through others. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Shall God put in your bosom? No, shall man put into your bosom? Is it possible tonight that God's blessings want to flow through someone else to you? I'm not saying they come up and say, here, I want to give you a thousand bucks today. We pray for that. But um, if we're only counting those as blessings, then I haven't had near as many blessings as I'd like with God. Fulfillment is not defined when all of my desires and feelings are met. Sometimes I have to go back to self-denial, self-sacrifice, and doing things for the good of others. And in that, who for the joy that was set before him, what was the joy that Jesus had set before him? He knew the kingdom 
that would never diminish, a kingdom that would grow and increase throughout all time. The gospel would be forever. It would be an everlasting gospel. And Jesus looked at those people, though their attitudes were wrong and their ways were wrong and, their, and, and, and they were manipulative and they were ugly and they were uh, resentful and they had every wrong spirit in the book. But he saw what they could be. He saw what the kingdom would do for them. He saw what an everlasting kingdom would do. And he said, therefore, with joy, I'm willing to go to the cross. Philippians 4 and 11. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned, Paul said, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. You see, this, this idea of I deserve more. I deserve a break today. Leave me alone. I need my me time. You have to see and realize today that that's not, really that's not true. That may actually draw you into your own stinking thinking. Feeling sorry for yourself. Hiding from a world. Not facing reality. And so when we understand tonight that I bring my emotions under control when I am interdependent with other people. The more I touch others, the happier I'll be. The more I touch others, the more I will be able to have joy fulfilled in my life. So this interdependence should become the key to our happiness as a Christian. I'm almost through. Y'all doing okay? Am I killing you? Y'all okay? All right, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to really kill you. Well, I'm just trying to kill you. <laughs> to find myself, I'm going to have to lose myself. The more I try to get my emotions like ducks in a row, the less happy I'm going to be. The more I invest myself in someone else, the more I will be able to reveal true emotions that bring back a fulfillment and a happiness and a contentment. And I'm only working on my feelings. I will never be satisfied. But when I'm helping you through your dilemma, when I'm encouraging you, when I'm investing in your life, somehow it's like tithing. You all know tithing. It's, it's such a common, well-known practice in Scripture. I mean... I've heard people tell me, you know, you give that 10% to God and, and um, watch how the God blesses that 90%. And I, I've tried to, you know, review that in my life, to see it. And I have to come to this conclusion. I, I don't exactly know how God does it. It seems like maybe every week it's different. But what I find is, is that as long as I am fulfilling that principle in my life, Somehow, God is taking care of us. 
It's just simple as that. I, I don't, I can't prove anything more than that. So move away today from self-absorption. It's not about you. It's about you being part of God's kingdom. Oh, the American dream is one of the deadliest games we play. The American dream, oh, to have the millions that these football players have. Oh, to have the gazillions they have as they maraud themselves and maraud themselves behind in, in the Internet and tell us, you know, all these different movie stars, how many millions they have in assets today. And then they have the audacity to tell you that the past is escapable. You, all you need is a little more money, and you can forget yesterday. You don't have to suffer, but suffering can be avoided if you have yourself in the right position. Just cut those people off. Why deal with those losers? That idea that happiness is always possible, that's the American dream. Insight to better living will always lead to joy. But the fact of the matter is, is that those things are not real. This world that we live in tonight is real, isn't it? Sufferings of others is real. Not Israel's nation, Israel. Is real. <laughs> What's true tonight is that one's actions can irrevocably determine someone else's life tonight, good or bad. One's mistakes can and very well may directly hurt someone else tonight. truth of the matter is that often there is no way to undo pain. Time is of the only essence we have to deal with it. The dead remain dead. Mistakes are written forever in the lives and the facial expressions and the lack of confidence in people's lives because of what was done to them. People's lives are like marked or etched with the hot iron of branding, that their life will never be the same. That's really the truth and not the American dream. But the good news is, is that when Jesus opened that scroll that day and began to read out of Isaiah, he not only talked about the open wounds of, of, of life that have hurt us and stabbed us and, and gushing and, and all the grossness of, the, of an open wound. But he also, the Bible said that he came in order to heal the bruising of the inner man. He came to help us with those things. And we wish we had never done that. We wish we had never been there. Oh, God, if I could just take it back. If I just hadn't said that to her. I just hadn't gone there. 
One father said, Lord, I believe it. Help my unbelief. Jesus could say to a woman caught in adultery, no, no idea of who the true other partner was that was just as guilty. They're naked and helpless before all those who are haughty in their law. Jesus could say, go my way and sin no more. Confession today is the opposite of continuing in sin. Confession is to say, I'm no good. I'm a good-for-nothing, low-down snake. Confession says, I see, God, where I have done this contrary to who you are and what your word says and what's best in my life. And, Lord, I'm going to change by your help in your direction. Paul said, I found that when I'm weak, then is he strong. This is how God works and moves in our lives. You have to trust that he can help you with your emotions tonight that have been stomped on and bruised and hurt over time. I can't take away the situation, but I can bring you to a God who truly wants to heal you inwardly and outwardly. My example tonight is Zacchaeus, that little tax collector. The Bible said this, that he simply he gave half of his possessions to the poor. And those he cheated, he paid back fourfold, four times what he stole from them. His actions revealed that he had found the answer for the bruising of his life when he began to help others and invest in them. Yours and my responsibility today is that we need to take on the responsibility to simply extend God's love to others. Not judge them, not try to figure them out, tell them where they went wrong, what they need to do to fix something, but to show them a God who really does care in this horrible position that they find themselves. And I promise you it will be through the others that we ourselves receive and accept acceptance and encouragement from God. When I invest in someone else, when I take care of God's house, he takes care of my house. God wants us to know a stability tonight of our emotions. But we're not too far to the right, too far to the left. T.F. Tinney used to joke around when he was a funny man, a great evangelist organization. And, and um, he said, I know, he said, I know that we've got the right wing in our church. Those who don't want these things going on and, and want our bylaws to nail anybody who does wrong. And he said, I know also that there certainly is the left wing. He said, I'm just worried about the bird that's in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And so we don't hide our sins, for he who hides his sins will not prosper. But we 
come willingly, openly before the Lord. And we watch God's healing. Where does God heal us? He heals us in our emotions. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through um, 8. Charity, love, suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. It doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. For whether there be prophecies, they shall fall, fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Amen. My pastor in college used to love to quote 1 Corinthians here, 7. He said, sometimes we bear things that we don't want to bear. We believe what they're telling us, like they're telling us the truth. We hope they told us the truth. <laughs> and then we endure whatever we need to when we found out that they didn't tell us the truth. But I'm going to be there investing in people again. Would you stand with me tonight? is a solid thinking tonight that will help you and I. And the one that compels me to look beyond my own two feet, I see that there are people all around that just maybe God would bless my life if I were to bless and invest in their life. I almost feel like the Lord is saying, prove me this day. Try this out and see as you invest in some, maybe not, it's not going to benefit you. It's not the answer to your needs right now. You just simply care. You just simply have a concern for them. You just simply invest in them. A lot of crazy people out there. A lot of vile thoughts, a lot of wicked, manipulated people that have all sorts of bad things. The Bible didn't tell us to control who we invest in by our, what we achieve or what we believe is, is true or right in our life. But just somehow that we look beyond ourselves. That's one of the way, greatest ways we can ever be like him, to be like Jesus, is to look upon the fields of harvest and see that they are ripe in the harvest. And God would like us to reap what he has prepared today. Amen. Balance of our emotions is something today that will be a challenge for you and I for the rest of our lives. 
it's not like I don't know that we ever win the battle on this. I may be doing good over here and just let this person do this to me and I will I will go ballistic. How could that be when I did so good over here? Well, I don't know. But once again, God wants to have that inside of us. So God bless you tonight. Let's love the Lord if you'll be willing to do that. He, just allow your emotions to be toward Him tonight. He is a good God and He cares so much for us. I believe His word is yay and amen. I believe that there are blessings tonight that are just beyond your horizon because if you will take this word and begin to invest in others. I think that tonight your emotions will become stable and balanced, not by you controlling yourself, but by you investing yourself and then watching God help you learn to be controlled in your life. Amen. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Go with us tonight as we leave this place. Keep us, Lord. Help us to be balanced. Lord, help us to give you our whole heart. Live for God with our whole mind. Love God with our whole heart. Lord, I pray that we would invest in people. And Lord, that we would love people tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.